Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Little Chapters podcast. I'm Kate and here's Jess. Hello. I forgot whether we did that still or not. <laughs> I, I know, what I was, I was like, say. oh, we're still doing that bit, we're not sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. Hello. <laughs> so today we are talking about things connected with purpose and it's it's kind of a funny one because I've quite literally just written like an ebook on purpose so I find it difficult to know where to even start with it but I don't I kind of do but it's it's such a big topic I think that is I don't know around the interwebs quite a lot whether in in terms of a business context or just generally about finding your life's purpose and following the thing that you love and all that kind of thing and I've certainly been in a position where I'm like but I don't know what that is so we were gonna dig into that today we are I feel like you're the I don't want to call I don't want to say purpose expert but yeah for the purpose of this podcast I think you're you're gonna be our purpose guru I don't know purpose feels it just feels like such a big word Mm. It, it feels quite existential for me in that it, it can be quite frightening as like what you've said, oh, what's the purpose of my life? What's my mm. purpose in this world? What's the meaning of of life? What am I supposed to be doing? And I think that it can escalate into being such a big word like that, that a lot of us end up just skirting around it and never actually mm. giving it any thought. But why don't you start us off with like, what what even is purpose, Kate? <laughs> what is it? Well, suppose who ask. Look, I think that, and this has been quite a lot of my work personally over the last few months is actually figuring out an answer to that question because it's one of those things that is, it means something slightly different to different people, particularly wherever you are on your personal journey with it, it can mean something different. So the definition that I've used that feels kind of useful for me and for all of us is that purpose is the coming together of what you believe, the impact you want to make in the world and how you can feel most fulfilled. So it's that kind of holy trinity of those three things that they all need to be present in order for you to be enacting purpose in the world. So it's kind of comes from what you believe um, it has to make an impact. So purpose has to be active. It can't just be, I believe this and I'm going to do nothing about it. But also it has to fill you up because without that, you can't do the other things sustainably. So you can't, you can't be a martyr when it comes to this stuff. It has to, it has to fill you up as much as it helps other people. Hmm. I like that there are three, like there are three solid things. So what are they again? Go over them again. So what you believe. So that might be just it's kind of like your value system but the things that you believe about the world like so for well both of us freedom is a big value so that's something that I really believe in is that we should feel free in our lives and we shouldn't feel beholden to do stuff just because people say we should do it like that's a massive thing that I hold on to mm-hmm. and that forms a part of my purpose um, but it might be about and, and this is where people sometimes kind of don't go quite far enough so a lot of people be like oh my purpose is about sustainable living like that's my purpose but it's like, yeah because I would say sustainability was really high up on my list of values mm-hmm. but that comes 
that's a value that comes from somewhere else. Like, so you're, the reason why you are passionate about sustainability is going to be different for a reason why somebody else is really passionate about sustainability. Because for them, it might be like, I've just had this baby and now I'm absolutely yes. stressing out about what, there's going to be no planet left for them. Whereas yours comes from a different place. So it's actually, we quite often stop at that that first line of like, oh, it's sustainability. But it's like, but where where is that coming from? What's driving the interest in that value? That's really interesting. What are your values? <laughs> it's funny because as I've been doing this whole kind of process, it has thrown a few other things into flux for me. Like, because I was reading some books and things and that kind of really... So some things that I probably would have told you three months ago that were my values probably aren't as much anymore. So freedom is definitely one. So people who kind of follow my work outside of this podcast may have seen me talk about should do's a lot and not just doing things because you think you should whether that's in work or in life or or wherever it is another one of mine is about like everything can be simplified so it's not going to a complex place it's always making everything the kind of most basic minimal thing that it can be yeah and 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 space is a value of mine so so for this is again more for me personally is that like I really value space around things both mental and physical and just not having too much going on but equally variety so not kind of being stuck in a rut and doing the same things over and over variety is something that I really value in my work so all those kind of things affect those three different parts of my purpose so the variety thing affects the work I do that fills me up the most uh the freedom thing affects is what I believe so that kind of affects the the main thrust of the work that I do and then the simplifying thing is all about how I have impact in the word world so that's what I help people do is to simplify all the stuff they've been doing in their business that maybe they don't have to and to make it simple obviously (laughs) so yeah that's kind of how they can all feed into the different parts of of your purpose and so we we think of our values and we can often think of them more quickly and easily but it's looking at kind of what's behind them driving them but also that they are a way that you're communicating your purpose rather than being your purpose itself Mm, that's a that's a nice way to reframe it I'm fascinated listening to your values and they're it's fascinating because they're so close to mine. Like I would have said, I've got quite a lot of, of values, but the, the ones that you mentioned are definitely really high up on my list as well, which mm. is a little bit off topic, but it's, it's just making me think this is why we get on so well. Because <laughs> I have this thing where, especially in relationships that you can have, you know, really different interests and you can be completely different people. But when you ha- when you share values, that's when you have a really strong connection mm. with somebody so yeah it's just really interesting listening to you and thinking oh, oh yeah they, they are the ones that I would expect from you actually and that's a really important point because and this is something a question that I had which was like how can I find my purpose because the one I think it is isn't like cool enough or different enough it's it's the mm. same as someone else's and like I have like a guideline in the kit where it's like this is not an originality contest like your purpose is your purpose your values are your values like you you can't manufacture it to be 
this different quirky most original purpose in the whole world but it's the way in which you enact your purpose that becomes different so whereas you and I have got very similar value sets we do completely different work exactly that's what's so fascinating to me so yeah I I do think that there is really kind of a finite amount of purposes that there really are in the world and it's Mm. where it becomes different is in the way you enact it is in the impact that you want to have and the work that you do and the way that you communicate it to the world that's where you can bring the difference in the purpose is the purpose yeah okay so let's go back so we've got the what was the first one again that we've just what you believe what you believe values yes we've just unpicked all of that stuff so and quite often that is derived from like your experiences in the world Mm. um so i read simon sinek's work and that's very much he believes it, it's completely 100% from your lived experiences. I don't know whether I 100% believe it's from only from your lived experiences, but that's a huge part of it is that what you learn through growing up and through also through change, I think a lot, is forms your value system. So something like if you had childhood trauma or something, then quite often safety will become a value for you because you lacked it in a formative part of your life. Oh, that's that's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> is that suddenly starting to click a few things? Yeah, so safety <laughs> Safety is a huge thing for me. I think because I I think because I grew up with just a mom. I think safety mm. is uh, I think that's where mine stems from. But that's maybe that's another podcast <laughs> episode. <laughs> okay, so what you believe, what's next? Uh the impact that you want to have in the world. The impact that you want to have. Okay. And I think this is the one that always really scares people because we think we need like earth shattering impact. Yeah. Like this is the one that terrifies me. I'm cool with my values. I know what, you know, I know what my values are. I've done quite a lot of work around that, but this is, this feels huge for me, almost too much, like greater than I could ever be. Mm. So I think, so you're saying that you can really shrink this. Down. Yeah, and I think it's it's there's so many layers of guilt in this. I think a lot of the time because we think it should be something like solve poverty and save the rainforests and things like I'd that, and we kind of feel like we're a bad, per- <laughs> but we kind of feel like that we're a bad person if that's not our purpose. But it's kind mm. of like support the work of the people for whom that is their purpose and get on with your own. Like you don't have to push yourself into doing something that feels like it should be the right glorious thing to do because there are other people doing that that you can support but you've got to really hone in on what is actually you want to do and what how you want to help people and I think another layer of this a little bit is worrying about who am I to do this who am I to have this impact and I think the word just comes up in this a lot particularly in business it's like, oh, I just make cards or I just... Oh, yeah. I hear so many people say that. Or it's, I just have this little business. Yes. I just, I I just do this tiny thing. Of, oh, this is my this is my silly little ebook or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Not only is that doing yourself a disservice, it's doing the people that you can help a disservice by saying this thing that might actually like change their life is is adjust to you you know mm-hmm. like I'm trying to think of an example actually one that I do use in the kit is from a workshop that I did last year 
when she was talking about she made jewellery and it was just jewellery and how what kind of impact can I have on that? And they kind of unpulled it and unpulled it and it was like the women who bought from her, the feedback she got was like it made them feel special and like the uniqueness of this product made them feel like it was showing their personality to the world and it was quite often the first thing that they'd they weren't used to treating themselves and they would actually do it for this piece of jewelry that because it meant it was so kind of almost talismanic for them and I was like okay so you you make people feel more themselves than they have in years like which is huge there's no just about like what a huge impact and I think we get really bogged down in numbers as well and I know it's the most like boring thing to say like oh imagine 150 people in a room you wouldn't even get to speak to them all and like everybody hates hearing that story but like it's true like the you can have impact on individuals that is so much more than if you're having a speaking to a hundred thousand people. Like I think there was a Paul Jarvis email about it where he said, by saying small and helping only some, not all people, businesses can instead let their purpose and mission take the driver's seat. I feel like my job is to make some difference in the lives of the people that I reach. If that number is small, then the help I provide can be more intimate and specific. So it's like, the impact impact doesn't have to be the whole world saving the whole world it can be saving the person who's going to save the world who's going to save the world you know like yeah no absolutely and i th- you know i think you can make it even smaller than business yes it's a very glamorous thing that's dangled in front of us at the minute isn't it we should all be striving for more and we can you know all of a sudden we we're being told that we can actually you know break through ceilings and conquer the world and all these great opportunities are available to us now, therefore we should want them. But mm. I think for a lot of people that that just isn't isn't the case. Not everybody wants to start their own business. That's not everybody's mm. purpose. I think about my, my sister actually, who, you know, she has learning difficulties and she would never have the ability to start her own business, even if she wanted to. But you know, her purpose doesn't have to be that. Mm. She isn't capable of, of working at all anymore. She she was, but she's such a, a caring, loving person. And I'm thinking about, you know, her purpose would, would absolutely center around that. And mm. that can be enough. That That is enough. Like that's more than enough. It doesn't have to be this great big giant save the rainforest mission and if you want any less than that you're unworthy we're all Mm. so different and that doesn't mean that we have any less to contribute to the world yeah I'm thinking as you're talking about Laura Jane Williams because she has very consciously like moved her life to be more around family and becoming a parent and things like that and so that's the impact that she's having there. She's having an impact with her writing and her words, but also a huge part of her impact is on her immediate family and like being there for them and being a part of that and making their lives better and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's I talk about it in a business context because I live in a business context, but there's no rights or wrongs at all about this. I mean, even your purpose can be to have impact on your family, but the way in which you do that is by going to work or having a business or whatever. But that impact can be whatever you want it to be, whatever you feel drawn for it to be. And that makes it feel so much less scary. 
that makes it feel like, oh, now, now I'm interested. Because I think the feeling that you get can be the same because it's all about, you know, getting in tune with your own intuition and what mm. feels good and what feels right. And that can feel, you know, whether it's on a grand scale. I mean, I'm sure saving the rainforest feels <laughs> fucking amazing. It also feels um, really stressful. <laughs> you know, but it, 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 yeah, but to have done it, oh my goodness, what an amazing thing to do. But, you know, equally, like you said, providing support, love and laughter within your family, that can feel incredible too. I don't think that there's a, a value to be placed on on either or. It's about choice and about the feeling of mm. what's right. Yeah, yeah, totally. And a book that I read is called The Seven Questions to Find Your Purpose by Richard Jacobs. Oh, I remember when you read this because you kept you kept pinging me all sorts of stuff from this. I still haven't read it. It sounds amazing. It's It's just gone on the list again. Yeah, it's a really good book. And he uses in that this metric, which I have I use in the kit as well, about giving it just a score out of 10 because it's very difficult to go, oh, does this feel right or does this not feel right? Like, what is this feeling? To put a number on it. And he says that your action eights and above. Like, I think that's quite a useful tool to be like, when you're, whether you're not sure which, if you, you're kind of choosing between some like different impacts and I don't know which one of these feels right, which one of them I feel like I'm drawn that I should do but like is it really the right one and that just kind of tuning in with yourself and being like right what's that one out of 10 and having to like give a really intuitive quick answer will tell you a lot I think I talk about this in terms of shopping and wardrobes like don't aim for perfection because you'll never reach it you'll never think yes I look perfect in this outfit but always aim for an eight out of 10 Mm. as a minimum and if it's lower than that walk away or even if it's lower than that what would it take for it to become an eight yeah like if it's a seven what needs to change for it to be an eight Mm -hmm. so what was the third one the third one is how you feel most fulfilled or what lights you up Ooh. And this is, yeah, a very different one for me because... That's a tough one. It is tough, but it's so important. And I think I've realised it was so important because it was what I was missing. And that was why I was burning out, because I was missing that that element. And yeah, if you'd asked me six months ago, this wouldn't have been a part of it. But it's so necessary for being able to keep sustaining what you're doing in terms of enacting your purpose in the world so have you found what lights you up for now because I think as as like a general again it's, it just sounds so existential because I think I'm sure you'll agree but I'm of the opinion that our purpose our values our interests what lights us up it all can change over yeah. our life and that's that's okay as well like it doesn't have to just be put in one box and then you're in that box forever but I'm interested seeing as you've you've changed so drastically over such a short period of time have you found what it is that lights you up at this moment well yeah I think that's massively important to say like whether you're working through I put this in the kit like when you're working through this like don't feel like this is a life sentence and that you what you decide now is going to completely define who you are when you're 80 because it makes sense that as your purpose is grown out of your experiences so as you experience more things 
it's gonna change as the world changes like you know what if the rainforests already get solved then <laughs> then what then what, are you gonna, <laughs> then what are you gonna do with your time so so yeah it definitely can shift and change and, and should do that and you need that's why i think we do talk about putting it into words so you've got it as a kind of mask to hold on to but making sure that you still remain in tune with your intuition and what the messages that that's sending you can show you when when that purpose is shifting but yeah getting back to your original question so the work that I think lights me up at the moment it's actually just it's kind of the same but just rebalanced so it's do making sure that the work that is like my one-to-one work has got a lot of space around it that I'm not taking on so much so that I can go like really deeply into the one-to-one that I'm doing so this is when you do your your one-to-one creative coaching with yes, people. Yes, yeah. Yeah, when you help them figure yeah. <laughs> figure things out. And yeah, so my business get coaching works with business. Yeah. yeah. So that's there, but and that needs to kind of be protected and not just to kind of go off and do loads and loads, loads of it and then get kind of out of control. Because what I also need is space to do writing. Yeah, I was thinking about the space that you mentioned mm. earlier. Yeah, so that's that's how you can... My value of mine is needing space and variety. So then the work that fills me up, I'm making sure that there's variety in there and that there's space around each one to breathe so that I can get the fulfilment out of it. Because the, it, all the p- pieces were there for me, I think. Like I was doing the writing projects, I was doing the teaching, I was doing the one-to-ones, but it was all too close together. Whereas actually if I just make sure that I've got space to do each one the way I want to do it and like in depth and with intention around it rather than just like running around from one thing to the next like a pinball that's what I learned about the kind of work that I need to do but that might be for somebody else that you you figure out that actually the idea that you had for this coaching is actually like completely the wrong thing for you it feels really wrong it's going to completely drain you and you hate doing it then maybe translating that into writing a book would be a more fulfilling way of you to deliver your purpose are you talking about me (laughs) I'm actually not I actually wasn't (laughs) talking about me aren't you (laughs) oh not consciously I realized I was like oh my god (laughs) yeah I think what you said earlier really resonated with me in that the should do's because I think when I set off on my okay I want to work for myself and build something for myself I struggled with the what is it that I actually want to do I felt quite a lot of decision fatigue and quite paralyzed by stuff so I set off on a bit of an experimentation journey which in hindsight I think I needed but I I did venture down the path of I should do this. I should do that. And I'm, I'm always I'm glad that I did because I've realized maybe that's not so right for me. And like you said, I'm, I'm much more suited to putting my words out into the world as opposed to teaching people one-to-one. I'm not, oh God, I just can't even think of myself as any kind of teacher. It feels so <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> and just, no, don't fit into that box whatsoever. It's learning. It's just learning to catch it. I think mm. I I don't believe that you can make a change or a decision just by thinking about it. I think there has to be an action involved in order to make a change. I don't think you can do it from a passive place. Um, and always we're going to have should dos and people saying, "Oh, this worked really, really well. You should try this." Or 
you shouldn't do this or you should do that. And it's actually learning to catch yourself before you go too far down a road of, oh, hold on, am I, what are the reasons behind me doing this? Mm. But you usually know, like I, I, going back to the the feeling side of things, I, I, I knew that things didn't quite feel right. Mm. But I put that down. I'm thinking about sort of the courses that I've done and the workshops that I've done. I'm thinking, yeah, it just felt terrifying to me, to be honest with you. And I, I thought, no, this is good. This is good because mm. you're supposed to feel scared. You're supposed to be out of your comfort zone. That's normal. That's what you're supposed to do. Mm. Keep going. Mm. And then after I'd done it a few times, I was like, no, I, I just don't like this. <laughs> yeah. And and that's okay. So it's it's letting go of that and recircling back around to what does actually feel right even though that can still feel a little bit scary I think I think the feeling side of it is so so important Mm. and usually you're already in touch with that anyway it's just getting all that other internal chatter out of your out of your head or at least learning to quieten it or at least not letting it drive yeah Elizabeth Elizabeth Gilbert talks about that in not eat pray love she talks about it in um big magic her other great book yeah about you know letting your fear drive and what you allow to to drive your brain it's it's really interesting Mm. theory yeah I think I always think that's such a big like warning bell is if you're if something isn't inspiring you and making you feel joyful particularly in a a business sense because we do think oh well this is just what it takes like this is just what you have to do but if you're doing something from that place like it's never going to be great because you're hating every moment of doing it and you're not going to want to really share it or talk about it because it doesn't really feel right it doesn't feel representative of you you kind of hate doing it and it just like there's literally what's the point of doing that you're much better like taking that energy and kind of going right well what that's what somebody says I should do which okay let's just put a pin in it what do I how do I need to pursue my purpose like what's my purpose telling me I need to do like and we we need to trust ourselves more because the should do's are coming from a place that aren't specific to your situation I was I think I've spoke about this on the podcast before about like leaving your job and somebody being like oh that's such a huge risk and yeah it's, like, you it's a risk about for the them. IT guy yeah, yeah it's a risk for them but it's not not as much as one for you so I think we need to be way more curatorial about where we're getting our should do's from generally as well mm. see I'm fine with should do's in life I'm cool with that I'm I can block those out no mm. problem but work oof totally different ball game for me that's that's what I struggle with the most around purpose and what I want to be doing what I should be doing but maybe it's maybe that's because I've only just given myself permission to even begin to dream that I could do what I want to do and I don't have to work doesn't have to be miserable Mm. which is the story I was brought up on yeah I think a lot of us were yeah I was brought up on a story of work is it's something that you don't want to do. It's something yeah. that you want to take sick days off of. And it's hard work. It should be hard. It should be very difficult. You shouldn't be enjoying yourself while you're working. But it's honourable, you know? Mm. So it's something that you hate, but it's something that you want to do. It was <laughs> yeah. that really confusing working class kind of mentality around work. So it's it's changing. That story in my head has been 
Yeah, it's been tough. It's been, and it, I think it's going to be an ongoing process actually, because I think it will keep cropping up all the time. But you, you pull me up on it constantly around my belief that work should be really difficult. Mm. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, and I think I, I do. I believe it doesn't. And I'm the same. Like I definitely went through a period of thinking like. It's okay that I'm not enjoying this because this is what work is. <laughs> yeah, like you shouldn't be enjoying yeah. it. You should be miserable. You should have a boss that you can't stand and you should be counting down the clock until you go home. That's normal. Mm. That's that's how it is. Yeah. And that, yeah, it's funny how ingrained that is when, because, and that's kind of like why I was talking about the, the fulfillment thing and why you have to do the work that lights you up is that when I first started out it was like well not having to get to an office building at 9am every morning is enough for me me (laughs) like I don't I don't need anything else but then obviously like you you still do like you need almost because you don't have that accountability of misery you need something else to keep it driving forward because you're not showing up at an office every day and so that needs to come from within you and it can only come from within you if it's nice. Oh, yeah, this is this is big thinking for me. Very, very interesting. A lot of light bulbs going off. Good. So they're Good. the three. <laughs> yeah, so they're the three legs of purpose, if you like. And it's there's so much like really interesting stuff in there. Like where this kind of lives in your brain is in your limbic system. So the part of your brain that controls like your decision making and all that sort of thing is the part of the brain that controls emotion but it doesn't control language and so this is why purpose is so difficult because the part of the brain that's kind of using it doesn't know how to communicate it It doesn't have the capacity for language so that's why we feel it (gasps) that's why i'm so obsessed with the feeling of it yeah that's why we oh feel it because it controls it controls emotion it doesn't control language so we can we can feel it but we can't say what that feeling is well that's a nightmare for a writer <laughs> yes but and, and this is what and a really interesting thing is that metaphor is the, where those two worlds are wow. kind of meeting so when you start to think of things in metaphor that's your limbic system encroaching as much as it can on your language because you can't find something really really specific to describe it but you can create a picture of the feeling so that's another exercise I do in the kit which is about like just think of a metaphor to describe how you feel right now and how you want to feel in your work because that's the kind of way in is metaphor is the gateway between those two parts of the brain starting to talk to each other this is so fascinating and you know how much I love a metaphor I could just love think (laughs) talk in metaphors constantly oh my gosh so so interesting I love the science side of it yeah and and that's why I and this is kind of a lot of, of Simon Sinek's work because it taking it one step further is why we as as human beings respond to other people's whys because it responds to that emotional part of the brain that is controlling decisions so when we're making a decision to buy ultimately we decide it on how it makes us feel rather than the the tick box of features and benefits of this product we we buy something because it makes us feel a certain way oh see i've been hearing more about this lately i can't remember where i've read it but it's something about how people basically these days buy better versions of themselves yeah Yeah. which makes sense 
because that yeah. feeds into the that feeds into that feeling and i'm def i'm definitely um, guilty of that yeah we buy the person that we want to be and that's why you know when people do those like blind taste testings between like heinz beans and aldi beans or whatever like that's why people still buy heinz because the person they are buys that brand i spoke about this on hashtag authentic last year there was like a, a viral thing where greg's the baker's makers of like one pound sausage rolls they took their salads to a food festival and like made beautiful branding called gregory and gregory and people gregory like saying gregory. how delicious the food is it, yeah it was on like a, a slate gray background and all that kind of stuff and people were saying how delicious it was and then they found out it was greg's what did they what did they take on tour with them though which can you remember which one? It was like salads. Was it exactly the same product? Was it the same? It was ex- the exact same product. It was like a summer summer salad selection. So there was like a feta and beetroot thing and yeah. But the at the end, they obviously did the big reveal that, oh, it's Greg's. And they're like, oh, it's Greg's. But that kind of doesn't work because those people were buying from Gregory and Gregory because the person they want to be buys from independent bakers at a food festival the person they want to be doesn't shop mm. from greg's and that yeah that feeds into consumerism so much it can yeah. feed into other things as well even i'm thinking about even um like podcasts that i'll listen to so i'll listen to like the mm. high low which i i love it's probably one of my favorite podcasts i listen to it because it makes me feel more intelligent and it makes me feel like mm-hmm. i don't know like i'm part of a bit of a cool girls club like makes me feel like the mm-hmm. kind of person I'd like to be and then the same for Instagram accounts that I'll follow as well yeah you've uh, you've blown my mind with this one so true I do it all the time <laughs> you have to be careful with the consumerism side of it like when you're actually you know buying stuff like some people I imagine will buy a Range Rover because they want to be the type of person that buys a Range Rover mm-hmm. so then Obviously, the marketing team behind Range Rover are trying to to appeal to that. Is that how it works? From a yeah, yeah, yeah. cracked it, cracked the code. They're just trying. They're just <laughs> trying to trick us. They're just trying to control us and feed into all this science that's going on in our brains. Mm. Wow. And sometimes, but sometimes that can be good. It's it's like finding. Well, I'd like to think if some, even though like I'm talking to people about this like talking about the person they want to be in their business through my content and then they decide to work with me based on that like I I believe they're gonna (laughs) that's gonna work out well for them so it's not it's you you can use it for good or evil I guess is what I'm saying it's the intention isn't it that matters it's the intention yeah yeah. Mm. very very clever little insight to your marketing world Kate (laughs) so yeah purpose (laughs) and and I think what's important is that we've talked about it quite a lot in a business setting but there's just one for you as a human so I think a lot of people like to separate that out or like my business purpose is this but it doesn't involve me as a human being and it's like that you can't be disjointed like that because it's never gonna you're not gonna fulfill that purpose if it's not coming from from inside of you as well so it's with this it's just kind of Again, listening to yourself and kind of drawing it out from yourself and being very conscious. You've got to kind of stay on the subconscious side of your brain because once you start to use that part of the brain that is controlling your language, it's like it kind of dies. It kills off that subconscious part because it's getting too conscious with it and overthinking. That's where overthinking comes from. So it's 
trying to bypass that to use your subconscious and your intuition to find what is the truth inside and let everything draw out from there rather than trying to compartmentalize it into different parts of your life so are you saying that in an ideal world your business and your life should be blended because I'm just thinking that we we're having this period at the moment where most people feel like they are their work and work is everything work is their identity and people are trying to compartmentalize with you know work-life balance work-life blend whatever you want to call it they're trying to separate those two but are you saying that ideally it should be more fluent that it should flow and the two are one I'd say it's a flow rather than everything together so I'd say that work is a way in which you communicate your purpose to the world just like your hobby would be or the money you donate to charity or the volunteering that you do or the way that you are with your family like they're all different channels for your purpose to get out of you and into the world it's not the only one and and you can you don't I'm not saying you have to be if you've got a business you have to be everything in there but the purpose of that business can't be different to your purpose as a human. Yeah, and that's the value side of it has really stuck out for me in this conversation in that it can all come back to those values which are constantly present throughout every mm. every aspect of your life. Yeah, mm. so they should be you should be linked. So you go I'm thinking about rainforest again seeing as we've started with that may as well carry on <laughs> with it. So if sustainability, the environment is high up on your list of values, you probably don't want to be working for an oil company. <laughs> yeah. That's going to feel <laughs> jarring for you is what I'm just yeah. trying to to point out. Unless mm-hmm. you so for example what would feel more in line with your purpose is to find alternatives i'm going big again you know it doesn't we said it doesn't have to be that big doesn't have to be saving the rainforest just using it as an example it's the same as what we said at the beginning about you and i having similar values and that's why our friendship works Mm. if you've you have to have similar values with as the company you work for for that relationship to work oh that's so true you've coined it nail on the head absolutely yeah, that's why I, that's why I hated all my jobs because I didn't mm. share any of the values with them. I work for the NHS. I do share that, obviously. You know, I believe in the <laughs> NHS. I'm not that person. But perhaps not in the the direct not that hierarchy. Of the I NHS. just <laughs> I didn't get on with the bureaucracy of it. Mm. Yeah, which makes complete and utter sense because I, you know, I I have to have freedom, otherwise I crumble which is why I don't don't really fit in very well in any kind of working environment other than me, myself and I. Oh dear, it's a lonely life for me. <laughs> but using that example, you, there were certain values that you hold that were in conflict with the way that the NHS was, which meant you weren't able to do the work that was fulfilling. You might have been having an impact that you quite liked and you believed the, in the overall the overall beliefs of the organization yeah that's why I was attracted to it weren't able to do the fulfilling no exactly it just felt completely suffocating because yeah there was a there was a a definite jarring of values I mean I I wasn't in nursing like my mum was and thinking about that that completely aligned with all of her values and she got on Mm. super with that she was a nurse her entire life I worked in HR completely different 
full of not, well, just not my kind of people. And yeah, it, it was, I went into it thinking that, you know, I was there to help and that from, you know, really links back to who I am and high up on my values is definitely improvement, like constantly finding ways to improve things, to improve myself, to help others improve where I can. Improvement is something that really lights me up, going back to your your phrase earlier. And I thought I was going into it for that. So I was, you know, I was game. I thought, yes, you know, I'm in the right place and everything should be fine. And what I didn't realize is that I was actually there to just protect the organization and that HR is there to protect the organization. It's not there to help the employees as such, which was Mm. a big, huge stickler for me. And I think that's where a lot of the bureaucracy came into it, like us and them. And Mm. this is the way things are around here. And yeah, it, it just, it didn't, it didn't sit with my values in any way. So that is why that makes a lot of sense now. Mm. Mm. Good. Good. Good work. Well done, Jess. (laughs) And I'm quite conscious that this conversation has been a bit big. And I think something that I wanted maybe to end on is that kind of like we're talking about with impact and purpose feeling like a huge word. And actually something that's quite funny that when I work one-to-one with clients, um, we always go through a purpose bit at the beginning. Very often people go, oh, is that it? And for me, I think the kind of core of your purpose is a really simple animal instinct, like eat, drink, sleep. Like it's it's kind of as an- animalistic as that. And that where it kind of becomes more sophisticated is the way in which you start to feed it out into the world and the way that you communicate it and the way that you live it. That's where it starts to sophisticate and get a little bit more kind of original, we'd say, or different from other people with the same purpose. But I think it's... A lot of people seek this huge enlightenment moment where it's going to be this truth from on high that's going to be completely revealed, the clouds are going to part, whereas actually it's it's very much from within you and it's going to be very simple. It might just be like a few words come to you that just suddenly feel right and it is murky and it might take you two weeks or it might take you two months or it might take you two years, but it's it's an unraveling process of peeling off of the layers and it, it has to be active it's not going to just come to you in a vision it has to have that process of you kind of digging into it in order to to start to unveil it yeah so I think my biggest takeaway from this conversation is that purpose can be tiny and that being tiny doesn't make them any less meaningful and that your purpose can change which feels like a huge relief from me for me from me like a a weight's (laughs) being lifted something that I feel less frightened to dig into but can you give us some tips around how we can start digging in to finding out what our purpose is right now yeah so I'll tell you I'll give a couple of examples of some exercises from the kit so there's like oh yeah loads of exercise there's loads of exercises give us some exercises i'll give like a i'll give a couple to start mulling over so a good way of finding that your values and the what you believe is to start thinking back into kind of formative experiences so thinking about and doing some journaling around like just three really clear memories that you have from childhood and then starting to think well what what links them why have they 
kind of stuck around so much in my mind and thinking about three occasions where you've felt most yourself or what you wanted to be when you left school and why that was and start to just kind of piece together those things what links them why they've stuck around and because they're going to be really intrinsically linked to what you believe and what your values are another good one is to write down your past successes so this is really good for thinking about the impact that you want to have so to not just write it down as a bullet point like go into real detail about when you felt most proud in your work so a couple of paragraphs about that situation and what contribution you made to others and what it helped others to go on to be so that then you can see that's a literal example of an impact you have had in the world and then finally one to start thinking about what lights you up is the metaphor actually that I mentioned earlier is to kind of sit in how you're feeling at the moment with the work that you're doing whether you've got a business whether you're thinking about it whether you're you've got a job and just try think what are the sensations what does it feel like what images are coming up into your head and kind of describe those in a metaphor and then think about a situation if you're feeling absolutely 10 out of 10 in the work that you do how does that feel different to the first feelings you were getting and how can you write a metaphor that describes that and then kind of pull those apart and see what comes up so an example actually from the kit that I put is for my second metaphor was my work is a grass meadow gently wafting in the breeze on the longest day of the year so pulling that apart it's yes it's about it feeling nice but the longest day of the year was a really strong image in my head and that's about why time and space is important because literally that's the day when there's the most time and space that you've got so being able to pull things like that out of the metaphor that speaks to a deeper meaning I feel like you've set us some very practical <laughs> homework Kate we'll all be I do love to pulling out people our homework. <laughs> I know you do we'll be pulling out our journals and pens and getting on with it good off you go <laughs> okay <laughs> okay so let's open up the post box and today we have a question from Cara who is living in a motorhome with her family in Byron Bay Australia which sounds pretty nice. I love it when we get (laughs) visuals from people. I had a DM the other day from someone that said she likes to listen while she's mucking out which made me yeah which made me smile. (laughs) When you hear people who say they listen in the bath I'm like is that weird because now I've got a vision of just you in the bath (laughs) no it's not weird what do you do in your bath Kate no it's just like I'm literally just imagining you naked now (laughs) random stranger (laughs) anyway less of that okay so Cara's question she said hi ladies thanks for your podcast I love it I'm currently traveling and I'm away from my friends listening to your podcast reminds me of chatting with my friends and stops the loneliness I did a little happy clap for Kate today about the sketching good on you thanks Cara Jessica saying oh that's not for me has been so helpful as a way to describe my internal dialogue when I don't think I'm good enough for something I didn't realize that I was doing it or why until I heard it put like that I'm curious how you go talking about others so personally in your podcast. Does anyone have issues with you mentioning them? I only ask because sometimes I would like to write or discuss things like that, but I've had 
past issues with family members taking things the wrong way. You speak so kindly and sensitively and also with honesty. I get real benefit from hearing the truth about your interactions, e.g. Jessica's mum and horse competition, (laughs) but wonder if they like or don't like it. Thanks again for your hard work, Cara. Oh, thank you for all the kind words, Cara. It's put a huge smile on my face and I'm glad that the, oh, that's not for me has been been helpful for you really happy about that hmm I'm thinking when I first read this I was like oh my god what have we said who have we said what what have we been saying about people um I don't I don't feel like we're that personal I think when it comes to talking and writing about things that relate to other people I the approach that I take is that I can only tell my own story and that other people's stories aren't mine to tell so because you know when you're talking writing usually it's about life experiences and we don't live life alone I think it's important to talk about our our relationships with other people I find a lot of interest in it and value in it but I can't tell other people's stories so what I try and do is just try and tell my side sometimes if I'm writing about other people I will well actually if if ever I'm writing about someone else and I name them I will message them and ask them I asked you recently didn't I Kate Mm. I can't remember what it was was this it was a trend piece that I did I think I've talked about create I don't think I actually named you but it was obvious who I met it was was very obvious who I met (laughs) and I you know I messaged you didn't I I just said oh I want to write this are you okay with it and I'll do it with my friend Jess as well because I like to talk about her a lot and yeah people are usually fine with it the I have messed up once but it was completely unintentional and it was an Instagram post that I put up and it said about it was something about oh be who you needed when you were younger yeah you scroll back through there's a there's a post that I, I put up about that and I put about the things that I wish someone the things that I needed to hear when I was young I've completely forgotten what that post was about it was something about it was exactly that was it, it was exactly like, that yeah okay, good be the person you needed to be good you needed when you were growing up excellent I've got it right anyway so I talked about all these things that I like needed to hear when I was younger and I completely put people that I know out of my mind if people come up to me and start talking to me about my Instagram or my blog or anything to do with work that I put out into the world I'll usually like well, I want to do a 180 and just complete walk away from them as quickly as possible. I can't bear it. And I put people out of my mind when I'm writing or even when I'm, you know, talking on this podcast, I'm not thinking about other people that I know that will be listening to it else. I'd never say anything. Anyway, my mom had actually seen that post and she was really upset about it. And she's, she saw me and she said you've got a really short memory I used to say all those things to you when you were younger and she'd taken it as that I I didn't think she was supportive enough for me when I was younger which is not what I meant at all and it links back to what we talk about quite a lot on this podcast is that it's it's always about them and not never about you that post was Mm. nothing to do with my mom I've talked about my mom on here so much more and I think I think she listens I think she listens to like the odd one I don't think she listens to all of them religiously or anything like that and she's never she's never minded that but sometimes you know my point is that I've been intentionally speaking about her before she's never bothered 
but I've spoken about something that was actually nothing to do with her, never mentioned her, and that she took something from that. So it's never as clear-cut as as what we think. But I think if you focus on just telling your side of a story, you're usually okay. And if you mm. think you won't be, then then check. But don't not talk about things and not write about things because you're worried about offending other people because you'll never you'll never tell your truth and I always think that's a shame I think about Nora Ephron as well actually now who she when she wrote Heartburn her ex which was about her ex-husband leaving her for somebody else and he was like really angry about it when she wrote this amazing novel about it and she was like what did you expect I'm a writer like (laughs) you always knew what did you expect yeah (laughs) that's good I mean for me yeah my parents don't know that this podcast exists they don't (laughs) look at my instagram like i think they don't really want to i don't really want them to know like it's just something that i keep separate because i don't need other voices involved in what i'm doing there but i am careful to think like should my mum hear this how would she feel and so i try and make sure that if there's something that is like my interpretation of a situation, I'll be clear to say that or maybe just not even say it when it's not. If I don't really fully understand what was going on in that situation, I'm probably not going to share it because it just doesn't feel fair. But yeah, I think it's what you're saying is right about that this is this is my my story, my truth. And yeah, I mean, it's very difficult for me to say because I literally just don't tell my, <laughs> anyone I talk about that any of these things exist. So they're never going to find out. It's funny that we both do that, that we both just, you know, compartmentalise it in that, you know, I'd never walk, I'm probably lucky that I don't have to walk into an office and say, hey, did you read my blog post last week? Yeah. It was all about you guys. Yeah, but I, I just put those people out of my head. Else, I honestly don't think I'd create anything. Do you think you yeah. would find it stifling? Well, because I don't talk about that stuff so much. It's only really here that, I do but no just in general like I remember like my mum texting me that my aunt had said that she liked my pictures but wished I'd ironed my tea towels <laughs> and I was just like oh no shame on you look. for your wrinkly tea towels <laughs> but then it was like oh god like oh you're not this isn't for you it's kind of like when you get a random follow from someone you know but don't know like a friend of a friend of a friend I had like, that this, this happened weekend. to me the other day and then yes. I was just like I never want to say anything ever again <laughs> I had that this weekend and it really really freaked me out I went to a friend's house and his partner was going out with a friend of his so it is literally mm-hmm. friend of a friend of a friend and um we sort of like passed in the car as they were like going out and they were going on a night out and dressed up to mm. be going like out out just completely different to the you know the how I spend my Saturday nights and yeah and the the person that that he was with followed me and I was like oh no (laughs) oh no now I feel like I'm on display now I feel like you can actually see me and I'd forgotten about her until now but thanks for that (laughs) I think it's it's that thinking about who it's for and the greater purpose of it and the greater impact that it can have elsewhere and just trying to put it out your mind don't know whether we're answering the question here (laughs) no I think I think that that's all that you can do I think you have to give your own story your own version of events validity you have a voice you have a story to tell that's 
I think it's Michelle Obama mm-hmm. in Becoming says that like that's all you've got and it, it is yours to tell there is validity in it of course you you'd never want to offend or upset other people but I think there's another saying that's if you don't want to be in my novel you should have behaved better <laughs> I'm thinking about that one now you know don't censor yourself don't don't silence yourself too much if you're worried about something just check with people but tell us we oh. want to know I feel like there's there's a juicy yeah. story here now that we all need to know send us the link to the blog post that you write <laughs> yes please send us the link so that we can uh, we can all read it but I hope that helps Cara so if you have a question that you'd like to ask us or you'd just like to get in touch with any thoughts or theories about the show then do send us an email at the, uh, littlechapters at gmail.com and we'll see you soon Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Little Chapters. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode and found it inspirational and perhaps a little bit galvanising too. If you have a friend who you think would really benefit from this conversation, please do send them the link to the episode. Yeah, we want to reach as many people as possible and hopefully build up a bit of a community around the podcast as well. So if you can think of anyone who might benefit from this episode, please, please share it with them. And if you could leave us a review and a rating in iTunes as well, that will help to boost us and help other people find us. Thank you so much and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.